This is Gilbert Andrew Garcia. Join me for my new radio show, A Tip from Gilbert. Talk inspiration and prayer every Monday from 11 to 11.45 a.m. on KWWJ, 1360 a.m., 96.9 FM, or KYOK, 11.40 a.m. Call me, 832-570-8075. See you then. All right, Houston, this is Gilbert Andrew Garcia, a tip from Gilbert, talk, inspiration, and prayer. You have me, as you always do, every Monday from 11 to 11.45 a.m., and we're on KWWJ, Keep Walking with Jesus, 1360 a.m., 96.9 FM, and KYOK. Again, welcome, KYOK. You started with us about two or three weeks ago. Welcome from the Woodlands. Welcome from all over because you're everywhere. So we thank you. My studio audience thanks you. And we have a really, really great guest here. But before I do the guest, uh, I do think I have a quick caller already. Is there a Monica on the phone there? Monica, are you on the line? Monica, talk to me. How are you? How are you? Um, Good well, to see you today. You have me, Gilbert Garcia, and Stacey Fairchild, who's my guest today, and I'll introduce her momentarily. But Monica, I saw that you called me, hit me, and I got a little bit of feedback there, producer, on my... On my t- okay. Go ahead there, Monica. Talk to me. Well, look, I'm looking for your talk, inspiration, and prayer. I am in a runoff. My name is Monica Singh. I'm running for Harris County Civil Court at Law Number 4. Um, I've been a practicing attorney for over 20 years, in and out of the courtroom, in and out of this exact courtroom, litigating cases. I'm overly qualified for this bench. I'm ready to take it on. I'm a huge community activist. I, um, I'm on the board of the ACLU. I'm on the board of the SIT Coalition. I work a lot against hate crimes and um, matters that matter to kids as well. And so everything that I know about what we have in the community, I am so excited to bring it into the courtroom and, and advocate for the people that we need to have there. So I would appreciate your vote in the runoff that's coming up here. Well, Monica, I feel your energy. I, I, I feel you on the phone here. Uh, let me ask you something. I'd like to think I'm an educated man and those things, but sometimes I'm voting and I see, of course, Stacy knows all these things, but I don't. I, I go and I see all these different uh, courts and everything and sometimes I'm like well god what do these all do so Monica what what is the difference between tell our viewers between a criminal court and a civil court and just explain again that difference and and why you're a civil court you know I'm so glad that you're asking this question because it's daunting even as an attorney to go through all the judicial races when you see it on a ballot luckily on in the runoff there's a handful of us there's only like seven races or eight races depending on your ballot so it should be short and sweet. Just don't forget Monica Singh. Um, but my court is Harris County Civil Court at Law, number four. And the beauty of the civil courtrooms, and, you know, we hear a lot of stuff about criminal courts in the um, media and, and everywhere else, but people don't really talk about civil courts. But they're very equally, equally as important. Um, our, our value or jurisdiction is half, uh, sorry, quarter mil. So it's $250,000 are the type of cases that you can hear. We even hear cases that are appeals from jur- uh, of evictions from JP court, which is very important to our society and our community. Um, but back to the $250,000 cap, I mean, we hear all kinds of cases, including car accident cases, contract disputes, anything that's a lawsuit under that 250 value um, lands in, in the county courts at law. And so it, it would be an amazing thing for me to help work out this docket and move things along because our civil courtrooms are really backed up right now because we had such a hard time in these courtrooms a few years ago. We've got great judiciary sitting on the bench and we need to continue that forward. Monica, thank you so much for calling. We really appreciate it. And I hope you feel, uh, please call again. 
I definitely will. I appreciate the time. And hi, Stacy. I should have said that in the beginning. Um, but yeah, I appreciate the time. And again, like I said, I'm voting. Um, I'm hoping for uh, your talk, inspiration, and prayer, Gilbert. And um, vote thing in the spring. Early voting is May 20th, uh, 16th to 20th, with voting day being May 24th. So I appreciate the time again. Monica, thank you very much. So we just heard from Sing in the Spring. I like that. That's going to stay with me. So thank you, Monica. So let's go back because I want to make sure everyone from KYLK knows thank you for joining us. We really appreciate it. We have Stacy Fairchild. You know, Stacy's one of those persons that, you know, she really knows so much about what's going on in the city of Houston. It's very rare that you have citizens that get active for some reason, Stacy. I mean, I don't know why that is when we all care, we all, but we always sort of throw our hands up and say, it's too loud in my neighborhood, or there's a bar that just opened in my neighborhood, and, and we don't do anything about it. But yet you have learned you got to do something about it. Tell us a little bit about it and explain to our listeners. I know the city of Houston now has super neighborhoods. What is a super neighborhood and how can someone get involved? So the city is city of Houston is comprised of 88 super neighborhoods. Each one of them are different, but they are all represented by two different districts. And the reason for that is to um, encourage, you know, district council members uh, representing that particular super neighborhood um, to work together to solve problems, uh, make improvements, and even beautify the area. Oh, wonderful. So how did you get involved in super neighborhoods? I mean, I, I mean, you're like, because there's the whole, there's the, the super neighborhood 22, which you're a leader of, but then all the super neighborhoods have sort of a governing body, and you're one of the main leaders of that. What motivated you, and how did you get involved? So we had a problem that uh, I wanted solved and in in my own neighborhood and uh, my husband and i looked at each other you know back in 2018 and said you know are we going to work to solve this problem or are we going to move and obviously we decided to stay and try to work to solve the problem and the problem was your super neighborhood is right there at washington avenue so like how, how many neighborhoods is in there are in there so we have in super neighborhood 22 uh it is the washington avenue coalition memorial park super neighborhood and it is comprised of 11 neighborhoods with the 12th on the way oh wonderful yes and so it is both sides of washington avenue from 610 on the west side to downtown on the east side. And what was your issue? And the issue was um, unruly bars, mm -hmm. being bad neighbors. Well, you know, I, um, I, I spoke about this a while back, but let me, let me refresh all of our viewers and listeners that I met Stacy. and she told me about, well, we have this situation on Washington Avenue. And I said to myself, well, I'd like to go see it. And she told me all these things that go on. And I said, you know, you know, is it, you know, is it not that I didn't believe you, but, you know, you're kind of like, oh, come on, are you exaggerating? I mean, you can't help but to say that. And so I went one day in the daytime and took a tour. And it looks like just a normal place. There's like a strip of no more than a mile, maybe, with like 15 bars and things on there. I mean, it's, it's really sort of uh, concentrated 11 okay it's real concentrated but then Stacy says okay now that you looked at it in the daytime let's now go at night when the action is so I told my wife and she goes well let's do it it was like a it was like a tour so we went to Stacy's house at 12 30 a.m with with Stacy and her husband Mark as a gentleman and another couple and we walked up and down Washington Avenue till about 2 2 30 and I mean, everything you said was true to the 12th power. I mean, it was unbelievable. Um, I, I mean, citizens, I saw fights. I saw people throwing up. I saw, you know, I mean, I, I hate to, can I say this on the radio? I saw people going to the bathroom. I mean, my goodness, it was just terrible, terrible. And in many ways, you almost couldn't even cross the street somehow. It's my image of Bourbon Street or something. And I remembered that there was this one young man, it's really stuck with me, Stacy, who was passed out, like not quite in the middle of the street, but covering up one lane. And he was just there. 
and nobody was doing anything for him and we were just driving around him and my wife saw it and she just couldn't handle it because I think she had one of those moments when a bubble comes out and she saw my son and I think she thought my goodness someone needs to help this young man so my wife went over there and just sort of went up to him and this young man was was not there I mean he was just you know gonzo yes in, in a in a just a big bad way so my wife sort of found a way to sort of get him up and took him to the sidewalk and then we were saying you know well what do you do now so we flagged down we were all together you may recall a, a officer on a bicycle and my wife said please don't arrest him because you know just get him home and the officer was a real gentleman and i think got him home i guess that happens all the time every weekend gosh i mean I mean, so what do you do? Public safety is a real issue. Yeah, what do what do you do about it then? I mean, have you gone down to city council? I mean, I mean, what's what do you do to somehow? There must be some regulations about these bars can't be so crowded or something. They have to have so much security. There must be things to prevent, well, to control this so it doesn't be pandemonium. So there are ordinances on the books. They just uh, aren't enforced as they were meant to be. And uh, that has to do with the, uh, just the amount of officers that are available. And I'm, I'm speaking specifically about HPD. So what our neighborhood did uh, was we contracted back in 2019 with the Harris County Constable Precinct 1. And that made a huge difference uh, in keeping all of that noise, not just when I say noise, I mean not audible noise, I'm talking about just the, the problems on Washington Avenue. The place that we were walking is north of Washington Avenue. I live on the south side. And let me just say this, I am not directly impacted by this havoc that happens every weekend. I'm indirectly impacted. I'm actually just one street away from where all of, um, you know, everything, you know, occurs. But <clears throat> I'm indirectly impacted because I hear from the residents, my husband and I do, every weekend we, we can, we know when it's coming. Uh, it's at about nine or 10 o'clock in the evening and we start getting the phone calls and they last until two o'clock in the morning. And just people just saying, I can't sleep. They're crying. Um, they're saying we can't even use our master bedroom anymore. Our whole house is vibrating from the base residents coming from oh these places. Oh, my goodness. The screams, the gunshots, uh, you name it. It all occurs, and it's, you know, it's, it's, it's awful. So with all of that said, uh, the, the, ordinance, the ordinances are there, uh, you know, for pub to protect the public. And again, going back to HPD, they don't have enough officers. So we brought in Precinct 1, and they have managed to make a huge difference on the south side of Washington. So uh, in terms of just what can we do about this, we started peeling back the onion. And what we found was is that we really, there really weren't any laws or specific specific language in the ordinances that actually took care of a lot of this interesting so we back in 2018 began to educate ourselves about local government i have a corporate background mm -hmm. and so does my husband but uh so we weren't really familiar with local government i've worked for the federal government so you know it's different so we begin to really educate ourselves and understand that, look, there's really not, in terms of noise, that was the main, that has been the main complaint on Washington Avenue, and it has grown since 2008 to other parts of the city. And it's only going to continue to intensify and spread because the city administration is encouraging increased density inside mm -hmm. city limits. So you're just gonna have problems with noise. But in terms of these bars, they, uh, they want to pack them in. They want to bring in uh, DJs from Vegas. And uh, they have hired promoters that have relationships with these, you know, particular establishments out of Vegas and New York and other places. And what they do is they bring them in for a night. They roll them in and promote it out to their um, 
to, to their distribution and they pack them in. They just wreak havoc on the neighborhoods. And the outdoor speakers are a big problem too. And then they all go home to their to their homes, which isn't on Was- you know, around right, Washington right. Avenue. It's in other parts of Houston. And we know this because we've um, looked at license plates and, you know, uh, some of the incident reports, none of them are from neighbors that live in our area. Well, tell me and about— And this is consistent across the city. I mean, that is just—I mean, you want to th- throw your hands up somehow. But let me ask you this. So you can be there and you can have a massive sound, you know, the bass, you know, thumping this and that. You can be outdoors with the speakers? There's no law against that? There isn't a – no, there isn't. So what we had initially whenever we started down this path is we actually tried to – we went to the bars and said, look, can you at least just turn the music down? And, you know, it would be a great idea – we would suggest that you, you know, turn the speakers inward facing towards the establishment, not to the neighborhoods. And uh, some of them did that and it made a difference, a huge difference. But then a few days later, they would turn it right, the speakers Mm -hmm. right back out towards the neighborhoods. We're not sure what the reason is for that, but going back to your question about how do we handle this? So we began to peel back the onion and found that the fire marshal mm-hmm. is a friend of ours. Um, they, the fire marshal really, I mean, there is an over-occupancy issue in most of these places. So too many Every, people are in the facility, and yes, that's a violation uh, of the fire code. Yes, that, and they, the fire marshal has the option to shut them down immediately or file everybody out and then count them back in Mm -hmm. up to the occupancy limit. So for instance, we have one establishment on Washington Avenue that has an occupancy of 199. On St. Patrick's Day, um, HPD was called to the establishment by neighbors, complaints by neighbors, they calls for service. And HPD got there and said, and looked around and said, you know, we were just going to write you a loud noise citation, which is a nominal, I mean, it's, you know, $250, which is part of the cost of doing business. For, for them, places. it's like, well, if I can do it, all, all that I get is that, well, then I'm going to have 500 people there. Right. So they knew the fire marshal was near. They called the fire marshal because they looked around and said, this place is way over occupancy. The fire marshal comes in and counts everyone, 351. Oh, my goodness. So they are doing a disservice to their own patrons, not just the general public, but to their own patrons. So when I say a bad neighbor, that's what I mean. They're not serving their customers in the best way. So the fire marshal proceeded to shut them down because they had been to, the fire marshal had been to this establishment almost on a weekly basis trying to reason with them. And, uh, and pre- previously, what they had done was filed everybody out and counted them back in. This particular time, they just said, we are shutting them down. When they did that, you have to think about the financial impact. There are lots of credit cards, open tabs mm, behind the goodness, bar. Yes. Nobody can go back in. So all of that tabs can't be closed out. Think about all of the money that is lost from that establishment whenever they you know, do that. So... Uh, or whenever that happens. Well, you would think that alone would be a deterrent to be a better neighbor because if not, they're going to shut you down and then you have chaos. Right. And then you have all 300 people out in the front and you know what they're going to do? Go, well, let's go to the next one. Right. I mean, that's what they're going to do. I think we have another caller here. Do we have another caller? I think Hi, we, Gilbert. Uh, it's Andrea Bell. Oh, Andrea, how are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing quite well there. Andrea, tell us what's going on. You have something for me or Stacy? Oh, just uh, for you calling in to um, just say hi and reminding people to vote. We've got early voting going on right now in some of the elections. Um, my race is uh, May 16th to May 20th is early voting with election day on May 24th. So go through that again slowly. So if you're yes. it may, so early vote is when this is very important. And this goes back to what Stacy's talking about, because if you don't have elected officials that are being responsive to the neighborhoods, 
get a different elected official because that's what they should be doing, being responsive to the neighborhoods and the people. My, my studio Absolutely. audience is, is clapping here. So let's go back for a second. So um, early vote is when to when? Early voting is from May 16th to May 20th okay. with election day on May 24th. Although we do have some elections going on right now, depending on what part of the city you live in. Wonderful. And remind us, what are you running for again? I'm running for the 185th District Court, which is one of the felony courts here in Harris County. And it's a countywide race. So I'm in the Democratic primary runoff. So explain one more thing to us, because this is so important for people to know. So what is the difference between a felony and not a felony? And so your court handles, this court handles, I guess, I don't know the right word, bigger crimes. Is that the right word? Yes, crimes that carry a larger punishment range. So a misdemeanor is any crime that's punishable by a year or less. And a felony is any crime that's punishable by over a year. And so that's anything from possessing um, a low-level personal use amount of cocaine all the way to capital murder. My goodness. Um, so many of these things we see on Washington Avenue could wind up in your court. That is very true. Very, yes. very all, interesting. All of this serious, every crime is serious, obviously, but we have a scale, right? And so um, the ones that we see a lot of, of things that put people's lives at risk in the felony court system. Wonderful. Well, Andrea, I'm going to go back to Stacey, but I'm going to give you another minute there. Tell us, tell us anything else you want to tell us. Where's your website? Uh, my website is at Andrea Bell. That's A-N-D-R-E-A-B-E-A-L-L for judge.com. And I'm running for the 185th District Court, only person in the race with capital litigation experience, and I have the most experience handling violent first-degree offenses in this race. Wonderful. Andrew, thank you for calling me very much. And again, Houston, this is your station. I want you to call in if you want to talk to Houston about anything and what's going on in your neighborhood. And in fact, I do want to give a nice plug to Stacey Fairchild and her husband because I was um, one of their guests. And of course, I helped sponsor it, but really I was a guest with their community at a very wonderful place called the Memorial Trail Ice House there on Washington Avenue. And they are, I think, a good example of a good neighbor. Yeah, not to mention it's a big place, a big yard. It's dog friendly. I thought it was wonderful. And we had the Rice Military Civic Club had a crawfish boil for the Rice Military neighborhood. How many people did you have? We had about 200 people, and uh, they consumed 450 pounds of crawfish. Oh, my goodness. I can't even imagine what that is other than that's that, – I mean, I, I don't know enough about crawfish to know, but that's a lot of crawfish. Uh, but I know the guys were there, you know, working hard. If you want to give a plug to them, what's the young man, the owner of it, of the place? John Schaefer. What a great guy. He is fantastic. He lives in the Woodcrest neighborhood inside our super neighborhood, 22 and uh he his bar is right there and he and and that's the difference gilbert is john is vested he owns the property he's not renting and he has his heart and soul is in that business and he wants to make sure that everyone surrounding living near that establishment is happy these other bars on washington avenue are renting mm -hmm. they are only there for three to five years to make a quick buck and leave very interesting difference. No wonder he had that sense of pride to really, and the place was clean. It's the place was, clean. was just great. You know, when you hear the word ice house. And he's there all the time. Yeah, this is not really, I mean, I guess it's an ice house, ice house but it it's is. not. Well, I mean, it's a, it's a great place. You know, it's a big open yard. I mean, it, it was just, there were kids there. I mean, it's just a great place. Right. So touche to him. I know we have another caller. Who do we have there? Do we have Jolanda Jones? Oh, yeah, we've got your favorite candidate ever, Jawanda. My, my favorite. And you know Stacey Fairchild, Joe. I'm sure you do. Stacey is yeah. um, giving us a lot of it. Let me ask you this, Joe. When you were on city council, what do you do when you have a super neighborhood group and a leader like Stacey come to you and say, this is one of our problems? I mean, what should a good district council person do? So, at a minimum, listen, right? Um, if there's something that the council member needs to do, and they would, should go over there. So I was an at-large council member, but I was known for my constituent services. So I could remember um, Spring Branch, which interestingly, so I'm a Democrat. I'm just going to put that out there for the universe. Sure. Um, but there were a number of people in Spring Branch 
who were affected by that HEV out there. After they built that HEV, they had flooding. And when I was running for city council, I didn't really understand flooding. And they had contacted me when I was running saying, hey, please don't let them build this HEV. We're going to flood, blah, blah, blah. When I got elected, the HEV got all the waivers from the city of Houston, from the county, um, and from TxDOT to build this place that was up higher than the surrounding area. Mm. And it used to be filled, and now, then next thing you know, everybody's, uh, their, all their homes are flooded, and, and most of the people over there, interestingly, were Republicans. And the only council member who listened to them was me, at least that's what they told me. So um, I went over there, and I got a quick uh, lesson on flooding and how you, when you replace grass with concrete, that causes flooding because the water right. can no longer just sit there. And when you build up, you know, gravity takes course. And if your property is up higher than other property, then the water that should be staying on your property until it can get to the, to the lakes and, and the rivers uh, goes into your neighbor's property. Look. And so I fought, Look. and I fought really hard to, to fight against developers, uh, not so that they couldn't build, but that they need to be responsible. They need to not build up. And they needed to ha- make sure that they had permeable surfaces. So there was like a premium. You mm-hmm. couldn't like replace it. Otherwise, you had to pay taxes on it. And I tried to get the developers to have to develop under the ground because most developers develop on top of the ground and they don't make plumbing under the ground to help move water. I see. And so I fought real hard for detention and retention. But my point is, because that was maybe a very long answer to your very short question. No, no, no. I- I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to lean on you. Need- I'm going to lean on you something else because I have you. Joe, which is you're running for a state rep. And so let me ask Stacy, who governs sound ordinances? Is it the city or the state? And is there anything the state could do, Stacy, on, on, on this all this issues with bad neighbors? Yes, the state can help. Uh, I think, you know, in terms of loud noise, I think the decibel limit is 85 decibels. And we do have... Give us a sense of what that is. A, a car is how many? And what's a plane? I mean, what? I mean, generally, what does 85 decibels mean to a human being? It, it's really not that loud. Yeah, because it doesn't sound loud to me. Because I remember being in the uh, a football stadium. I forgot which one it was. One time I was watching a game, and it was like 107 decibels. And, you know, because it was showing, like, you know, scream. 85 doesn't sound like a lot. No, but whenever you have five bars that are you know, or 10 or 11 bars in a concentrated or a confined space. But where I'm going is they're going to be way over 85, though. Yes, they are. They're going to be yes, way over 85 because yes. 85 is bad, but not, I mean, they're going to be way over 85. We've had some push it to 100. Yeah, I mean, my goodness. Joe, do you know, Joe, what is the state, what is the state's role in this? So the, the state, so the city mostly um, regulates noise ordinances, and I can tell you that we have, those problems in House District 147, we've got, you know, we've got bars and clubs on Almeda. We've got bars and clubs on Emancipation. We've got bars and clubs on Washington Avenue. And one of the struggles that we're having is having the, the bars and clubs that are coming into these areas that are near residential. One is they're, they're causing problems related to parking, which, again, that whole having sufficient on-street parking, on-site parking is super important. Right? Because now you've got people having to pay to park in their own neighborhoods with parking permits. Right. Because people that are coming and with the noise the city you could actually pay the city believe this or not uh, like extra to be able to be loud longer no it's crazy yeah but there is you know i i one of the things i'm going to do when i get elected is to try to get bars and clubs to understand that if you come into a neighborhood you need to be a good neighbor you should be playing music really late at night, really early in the morning. But that also goes to for like developers. So there's a time period that the city has where you can't like build and make noise during certain hours because people are trying to sleep or what have you. Well, so l- l- the city l- l- plays l- a big role in that, but the city does. Let me let me ask a question. Um, and this is not a loaded question. It's going to sound like a loaded question to both of you. And I'm going to start um, with you, Stacey, which is when you when you hear these things. Your natural reaction is, well, we should just have zoning. Is that the answer? I mean, what's the, what's the answer here? I mean, one thing would be enforce the laws that are on the books, that's for sure. And another answer would certainly be those laws that are not on the books, maybe put some new ones or improve them. So I see all that before anything more dramatic. But, you know, 
how is it that you can have all these bars one block from from the neighborhood? Well, it is because oh. But no, hold on, hold on, Joe. No, Stacey, from a super neighborhood leader, let me hear, Stacey, have you thought about that? And I'm not, I'm not trying to be loaded or, or get controversial, but, you know, is that like where this needs to go if you can't make change? Well, we don't need zoning to make change. Okay. Uh, zoning would be great, but it's never going to happen in Houston. Mm -hmm. uh, there's just too many from a legal perspective. There's just too many le legacy contracts and, and things in place that that are it's just never going to happen so we've got to look elsewhere uh, one of the things that my husband and i have worked closely with council member sally alcorn who is the at-large five council member and also my own district council member um, abby Kamen. we have worked very closely with them in coming up with revisions to the sound ordinance and those actually go for a vote on council uh on wednesday Oh, this coming Wednesday. Well, hold that thought because that's a very important thing I want to drive to. Joe, I'm going to give you a, a quick minute here. Where's voting and what's your website? So my website is yolandajones.com. But let me tell you, the special election is going on. Early vote started this morning and it ends on May 3rd for the special election, which is May 7th, because Chairman Coleman resigned effective February 28th. So he um, that we don't have a state rep. So Republicans and Democrats can vote for me, and I hope that they do. I hope that the Republicans vote for me in this special election because you want someone that's going to help you protect your neighborhood. And I can tell you, I've worked with Councilmember Acorn, and, and Councilmember Kamen has endorsed me because, again, because of where I live, there's a bunch of clashes with bars and clubs moving into residential places. And so that's important. But so people should, should go and sign up to speak at council, which is tomorrow, to let the council know how you feel about what's going on and they do need to the city does need to enforce that what the state can do related to bars and clubs is not give them um alcohol permits because you know ah, the there's another are, one mm -hmm. but that's that's controlled by the state i see right and the city controls occupancy permits and they can and they can link that to do you have enough parking so there there are things that you can do and insofar as zoning you're not going to be able to unring that bell. Houston is known for its lack of zoning, so you're not going to be able to do that. But there are things that neighborhoods can do to strengthen their deed restrictions, to, to strengthen their resident associations, their homeowners associations. And there are things you can do like minimum lot size, minimum well, setback. Joe, Joe I'm going to I'm going to just cut you short just a teeny bit because I've got a, several callers on hold here. But Joe, uh, one more time, what's that website? YolandaJones.com, J-O-L-A-N-D-A, Jones.com. I'm asking you to go out and vote for me today. Today is the first day of early vote, April 25th. Last day is May 3rd. The special election is May 7th. I'm asking for all Democrats and all Republicans to vote for me because this election happens to be nonpartisan. Very good. All right. Well, thank you, Gilbert. Joe, really you are the best. And ladies and gentlemen, I can tell you firsthand, Joe is a hardworking public servant. So I think it's a good thing. Go vote for Joe. Go. I like that. Go vote for Joe. Maybe that should be the new one. Jolanda Jones, thank you very much for being on the air. And by the way, I just heard uh, from Stacy that just to give you some sense for sound, ladies and gentlemen, a jackhammer 50 feet is 80. So think of it as slightly louder than a jackhammer. A boiler room is 90. A construction site is 100. A jet aircraft is 120. And when your ears really start having a real problem, is 130. And I tell you what, I know because I was there, my ears were having pain. So that means it had to be well over 100, Stacy. There's just no doubt in my mind. Let's go to these um, sound ordinance. So what is the sound ordinance that's up for voting? Take us through that because I think that's important. And so anyone that's listening out there, if you care about this issue, let your council person know because it's going to be up for vote, you said Wednesday. Yeah. So yes. tell us about that. So when we started down this path um, and – begin to peel back this onion uh there was you know like i said there was very little teeth in the sound ordinance it was a good sound ordinance uh, back in 2011 when i think it was established or created and it hasn't been updated since and there has been so much that has happened since 2011 mm -hmm. in the city in terms of growth and uh density so we 
so, so basically the 2011 sound ordinance said that you could purchase a permit from the city to um, have loud noise up to 75 decibels between 8 a.m. and 10 p.m. But on weekends, that was Monday through Thursday, Friday through Sunday, I think it is, it is until 11 p.m. There's nothing after that for the city to point to to say, hey, you need a permit and we can't revoke, we can't do anything about it, we can't so if it you. if it rolls over 11 p.m., it's like, well, the sound order doesn't say I can't do it. Correct. So I guess I can. Correct. Oh, my so goodness. Now, so now what Councilmember Alcorn and Councilmember Kamen have done is they have worked with the Administrative and Regulatory Affairs Department in HPD and City Legal to come up with um, that for, perm for a permit for between those hours, whether it's 10 to 2 on a Monday through Thursday, you know, uh, 10 p.m. to 2 a.m., mm -hmm. or if it's on a weekend from 11 a.m. 11 p.m. to 2 a.m. So they are going to be, that's part of it. The other part is uh, they're going to have, they've added in an administrative hearing process, which will be complaint driven. So the city's not going to go out looking you know, to have these administrative hearings, but if, a, and, and I, I don't want to say a certain number of complaints, but if, you know, there are enough, if enough people said, we need to look correct, at this, and there's enough organization behind that complaint, then the city may, they have that option. How, I mean, you know, I, I have not been an elected official, so it seems to me that I know they're super busy, but and it just goes to show you, as people and citizens, if you don't speak up, nothing happens because they may not even know these council members what's going on, right? So if you don't speak up, nothing happens. So I guess the, the, the word of the wise there is speak up and get organized, and that's the only way the elected officials will know, and then they'll respond. So again, go through it again. So it's Wednesday in the ordinance um, that's to vote. It's to be. Do you think it's going to pass? Is there going to be any opposition? I do. It went before the Regulatory and Neighborhood Affairs Committee a couple of weeks ago on April 12th. And my husband and I and many others were there in, in support of it, not just on the neighborhood side, but on the business side. Uh, Mark and I have, my husband, have um, actually been down Washington Avenue in a separate instance with some of the businesses the, who are good neighbors around the city. Mm -hmm. uh, some of the ones that I can think of are Little Woodrow's, uh, mm -hmm. McIntyre's, and uh, there are a couple of others. But anyway, they, they came out and were completely appalled about what's happening on Washington Avenue. And we're the poster child. It started on Washington Avenue in 2008, and it has just morphed into, you know, utter mayhem. Um, mayhem, that's, mm -hmm. that's the word. That is. Well, so then they're going to vote. So they're... You think there's opposition or you think not? I mean, it seems like such one of those things like well, who could be opposed it, to it other than those well, the, establishments? Right. Well, exactly. And it's such a small subset of our nightlife in Houston. Mm -hmm. And let me be clear. Uh, we love our nightlife. In fact, Houston is known for the type of nightlife that we have. It is. This is a small group of um bar types that just refuse to be good neighbors they hire a promoter and bring you know these djs and other um, celebrities from out of town to draw attention quickly to make money fast mm -hmm. every weekend and uh, play loud music seems to me one of the things to do i know we have another caller we're going to bring her in in one second is to uh take those owners and show them the neighborhood at 2 a.m. Because one of the things I noticed was, on, and if I get it wrong, Stacy, tell me. On one side of Washington Avenue, there seems to be some sort of parking regs. And so you can't just park everywhere. On the other side of Washington Avenue, you can park anywhere in the neighborhood. Am I right? That was my perception. So... Rice Military, back in 2015, took it upon themselves, were completely organized, went to the city and says, and said, we do not want this in our neighborhood. How, how can we prevent this from happening? Mm -hmm. So we changed all of our signs, our parking signs, to no parking signs with a banded toe. That means that, uh, and not all of them are, have a banded toe, but in the areas that the city would allow, mm -hmm. they could have, uh, we have a banded toe which is basically a picture of a tow truck under the 
24-hour no parking zone. Mm-hmm. That means the city can come in, whether it's um, in law enforcement, come in and just basically tow that car because it's in a no parking zone. Um, so when we did that, uh, that really helped, and it forced all of that parking problem to the north side of Washington. To Avenue. the other side. To the north side, yes. And so now, um, over the past couple of years, you know, those neighborhoods have begun to organize. And at the super neighborhood level, I have been helping them do that, working with Park Houston and uh, to make sure that their streets are you know, this problem is enforceable. Well, just imagine, citizens, if you're out there and you're trying to come home and, first of all, your street barely has any room to even drive down because you got cars parked on both sides. And the other thing that happens, of course, is after the party, people got to go back to their car. And so what do they do? They throw their empty bottles everywhere and trash everywhere because I saw it myself. We have another caller. Who do we have there? Is there Miss Miss uh, Eloise? Are you there? Yes, sir. Here, here. I, I so appreciate you for waiting there, Miss Eloise. You have me, Gilbert Garcia, talk, inspiration, and prayer. And you have, of course, my guest, Stacey Fairchild. What you got for us today? Um, well, number one, I just want to thank, thank you for having me. And first, thank the Lord for giving me the strength and enabling me to be able to speak with you for some inspiration this morning. Wonderful. So I'd like to thank God first. First, I come, Father, thanking you for all your many blessings. Thank you, Father, for health and strength. Thank you, Father, that you watched over me while I slept all night. Murders were murdering. People were doing each and everything, babies was being murdered. Drive-bys, Lord, you know about it all. I can't think of it so much. Sometimes I get kind of confused and a little bit of Alzheimer. Not Alzheimer, just some of it. I <laughs> Lord, understand. I just be so grateful to you for allowing me this opportunity. Father, I ask you to Whatever the needs to be met, Father, meet the needs of this brother. Father, whatever his desires are, if it's in your name, grant it, Father, please. Dear Master, as I come this morning, I just want to say, watch over each and every one of us, Lord. Look out for my enemies, Lord, you know so much. Walls and rumors of walls going on, Lord. People are being murdered like, oh, God, like animals going to the slaughter. I know you can, Father, if you only will. And I know you don't want your people's mistreated as they're being mistreated. So I call on you to say if I need you, Father. I could call on you in time of need. I have to admit. I have a need this morning. Father, go with us and guide us each and every day. Guide my footsteps, Lord. Teach me right from wrong, and I want to be right, Lord. Please don't let me go down the road, wrong road and be of harm to anyone. Amen Please, for that, Miss Eloise. So what else do you got for me there? That was a beautiful prayer. And we thank you for that because uh-huh. we're about to be out of time. What can? What do you want to okay. say to Houston, Miss Eloise? I just want to say to Houston, please, Houston, do the right thing. Stop being ignorant. Please. Do the right thing. Obey God. My, my studio oh, honestly loves father. you there, Miss Eloise. Whatever the Father say, do what is right. Very good. We're going to, Miss Eloise, I'm going to say thank you and please call in again. Let's key that music because we only have a minute or two. You know, it's funny. There's that song by at Carol Burnett after the Carol Burnett show when I'm so glad we had this time together. We're out of time. 
We didn't even cover the redistricting. I think I have to have you back. I have to have Mark back because I think the redistricting is important. We're going to listen to the song here for two minutes before we get cut off. And then we'll be able to say a little bit on Facebook. The redistricting process is starting now. And again, the cent I'm, help me when I'm wrong here. The census happens every 10 years. And because of that, then Houston has to redo the districts for council members. So the first meeting is when? Tonight. Tonight. 6 p.m. And where is it? Or what district is it? It's District H. District H. You can find it at letstalkhouston.org forward slash redistricting. Letstalkhouston.org forward slash redistricting. And there will be meetings throughout the city over how long. Or do you know when when will they have this to go forward to vote? Over the next month. Oh, oh uh, I'm sorry. They're going to have redistricting meetings where you can go and you know give your input right um, about what you would like to see then in july uh there will be draft maps issued for public input and then it will go to city council to mull over in september and then i think a vote up just a little bit later than that and then the implementation of it or uh or it will be active in january of next year wow that's a pretty quick timeline for mm -hmm. something so important so let's just go through this song again you can turn it up there again mr producer because i love these words and i just want to make sure everybody hears it lean on me when you're not strong and i'll be your friend i'll help you carry on for it won't be long that i'm going to need someone to lean on because he just says just call on me brother when you need a hand because we all need someone to lean on ain't that the truth that we all need someone to lead off from time to time. And it, what comes around then goes full circle. And that's the uh, the miracle of God. We all need somebody to lean on. Lean on me when you're not strong. And I'll be your friend. I'll help you. So we're off the air now. So let's go ahead and fade out. And now we're on Facebook, Spotify, and everywhere else. You have me, Gilbert Garcia, a tip from Gilbert, talk, inspiration, and prayer. And I have Miss Stacy Fairchild, who, of course, is one of the community activists in this town. I mean, you really got to give community activists like Stacy a round of applause because, because really, you know, in many ways, they're a beautiful check and balance to our city government because the city government could sometimes get going and you got to listen to the, the community. You got to listen to the neighborhoods because that's the day-to-day -day people that the city's supposed to serve in the first place. And so I think it's so wonderful that there are people like Stacy that are involved. She talked about the super neighborhood structure. She's super neighborhood 22. We got cut off on the end because I'm going to ask her a little bit more again because I think we went too fast. And we're just going to have another four or five minutes here. So the redistricting is happening. How important is that to say a super neighborhood like Super Neighborhood 22? It's very important. So, for instance, District C is overpopulated, according to the census, the 2020 census, by 15%. District H, which is our other district, uh, and represented in, uh, by Super Neighborhood 22. I'm sorry. District H and C are the districts that... For Super Neighborhood 22. Correct. District C is overpopulated by 15%. District H is underpopulated by 17%. Wow. So they're on two. Super Neighborhood yeah. 22 is the example because we're represented by these two districts who are on, you know, either ends of the spectrum. So we know that District H, because uh, what needs to happen is they need to be within 5% of population you know, according to the rest so of the So you got to go from 17 to 5 to at least be in compliance. Yes, to be in compliance. So we know that District H is going to expand and District C is going to shrink a little bit. So we don't really know until those draft maps come out in July what is being considered and what we need to give. I guess that's why, though, it's a good thing that a lot of these super neighborhoods straddle two districts. Yes. Because that way you have more than one voice that already knows you and is familiar with you. Does that make sense? Yes. How wonderful. Well, I guess that when you think about some of these districts, I mean, again, I'm not a demographer and all those sorts of things, but you get weird looking districts. 
And I guess the one that's incredible, of course, is that whole, and I don't recall the letter, the whole Kingwood Clear Lake, and it's got like one street that connects them, and those neighborhoods have to be different. So at the end of the day, uh, citizens, make your voice heard on these districts because you want to be able to have a council person that's going to be um, sensitive to your needs, that will understand your needs, and this is that opportunity to make that happen. So go through that again. The first one is District 8, and it's tonight. And it'll go all through essentially the summer, I guess, all these different meetings. So the initial meetings uh, where the, I guess, people in the city of Houston can, you know, learn more about uh, the redistricting process is through, I think, May 25th. So from today through May 25th. So over the next month. They will be learning more, but the whole process will probably go until January of next year. Wow. So the elections, I guess the next city election are not till the following. Correct. So the, the new districts will be in place that will affect that election. Correct. Interesting. Very good. Well, Stacy, you've been a wonderful guest. Uh, what do you want to say to Facebook here in the last few minutes? I want to give you the last words. Miss Stacy Fairchild, again, the last word. If you're listening today and you're not sure where to go, you have a problem that you're trying to solve in your neighborhood, please look up your civic club in that area. Uh, if you're not sure where to go, please call the City of Houston Department of Neighborhoods. You can find them online, Rhonda Souter or Jack Valinsky. Uh, they are great resources in the Department of Neighborhoods. You can also reach out to me uh, at snacoh at gmail.com that it's the snacoh stands for super neighborhood alliance city of houston so it's snacoh at gmail.com you can also follow the super neighborhood alliance um, on, on facebook at houston super neighborhood alliance four words mr producer let's make sure we have that on on my side and everything else uh, i think that's great and again how important is this Register to vote. Register to vote. Uh, one thing that is, has not been talked about here is the tax propositions. The tax, the property tax, excuse me, the property tax propositions, it's a mouthful. Yeah. Uh, that are on the ballot beginning today for early voting. Well, there are two of them. So, so please be informed about those propositions. Real quick, let us know what are they? You want to just give they us a have quick. To, they is have to is do it about cutting taxes, raising taxes? Or what What are they trying to do? Uh, it's, it's, Raise the homestead. Yes. I see. So essentially, because we all know what's happening with a very hot real estate market, if you're looking at your home and you love your home or your neighborhood, and you're not looking to move, your taxes are going up, and it's going up a lot. And some of these prices are 20, 25 percent, 30 percent. So if you don't have a homestead exemption, which is what keeps it from going up too much. Um, you could get priced out of your neighborhood. That's the whole point, right? Right. Well, you can, you thank you for look, bringing that up. You're welcome. And it should be on your sample ballot. So if you go to harrisvotes.com and go to click on sample ballot and put in your address, it will be on uh, your sample ballot and the explanation of what each of those propositions are. Wonderful. So I highly recommend that you know people look at that. Thank you for bringing that up. Um, I just hadn't thought about it. Um, again, register to vote and vote 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 whoever you want to vote for i'm not going to tell you to vote for vote for whoever you think is being responsive to you and if they're not responsive to you change them get somebody else so um houston this is gilbert garcia a tip from gilbert talk inspiration and prayer i want to say thank you to my guest super neighborhood leader and the whole super neighborhood 22 and everything else and really Information USA, right here, Stacy Fairchild. I'm Gilbert Garcia, tip from Gilbert, and we'll see you next time. This is Gilbert Andrew Garcia. Join me for my new radio show, A Tip from Gilbert. Talk inspiration and prayer every Monday from 11 to 11.45 a.m. on KWWJ, 1360 a.m., 96.9 FM, or KYOK, 11.40 a.m., Call me, 832-570-8075. See you then.